Well, this uh, this morning, I'm going to continue on We're talking about praise. The church, this church is established from the very beginning on four specific pillars. And uh, we talked about faith for the last month or so. Last week, we started talking about praise because that's the second pillar. And when I say pillar, I just mean value. Not something we just believe in. Oh, I believe in, oh, I believe in praise. But I engage in praise. That's what I, I engage. I spend, I spend time praising God. And it's basically something that we have to develop so that it comes out of us. Because I can tell you, I can develop a spirit of grumbling and complaining. And I have in my life. To where when something happens, well, what did you, did you expect? You know, it always goes like this. Or when something happens that we're not expecting or something that we're thinking, we go, well, God's got this. I trust the Lord. God is faithful. Because the spirit of praise and a heart of praise is what God is wanting us to develop. Because we can develop what we want. We can develop a spirit and a heart that, that uh, just kind of embraces the environment or a spirit that says, I'm going to bring God on the scene with my praise, because that's what praise did. So last week, we, we talked a, a bit about praise, how the life is full of praise. We see it, we do it, we engage in praise all the time. Uh, when our kids are in sports, when we go to a sporting event, and let me tell you right now, when your team uh, touched down or hits a home run or whatever, and they're doing good, you don't just go, you might, but I doubt it. You don't just go... You know, you do, yeah, hurrah, yeah, you're screaming, Lucy. I'm a maniac at ball games when my team's winning. I haven't been able to be a maniac lately, though. <laughs> True that, Rachel. <laughs> but praise is not something we're unfamiliar with. The question is, is what about our praise to God? That's what we talked about last week. So uh, praise is, uh, we talked, started last week, we talked about praise uh, gives us access to God. Uh, uh, Psalm 100 verse 4 tells us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That's how we come in. You know, and when I say come in, I don't mean, not here. No, we do that here. But it's like as you enter your day, as you enter a situation, as you, as you go through a, a season or a circumstance, uh, you, 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 you raise up, you rise up, and you enter in because you can be surrounded. You can be surrounded by enemies and challenges and struggles and problems. But the way you enter God's prayer, well, where's God? Look where I'm at. Look what's all around me. The way you enter God's presence is by praising him. Thank you, Lord. You're a God that never leaves me. You never abandon me. You always, you're always present. You're always the God that makes a way where there appears to be no way. And the thing is, when we do that, and, and not just, oh, there it is. I said my 12 lines and I'm done. Then we begin to allow it to saturate us. It saturates us. And we begin to just articulate and it's like, God, I don't, I don't know about what's going on here. Here's what I do know, that you're the God that has the answers and the solution. You can fix anything. You can change the course of anything, the course of my children. You can change the course of a family member. You can change the course of my career, the course of my financial status. We can be living in a country. You know, in, in 19, what year was it? 19, I don't know, 40, I don't remember what year it was because I wasn't born. But when China went under communist rule, there was just barely just a couple million. You might say just a couple million 
Well, in a nation where there's, at this point, over a billion people, there was just a couple of million uh, Christians but that were, that were Christians, yeah, Christian uh, believers. And after communist rule took over and it was, became so oppressive and everything, the number of, of Christians in the nation of China has unbelievably exponentially exploded. There's Christians everywhere because the lack or the limit or the absence of struggles and problems does not mean that God is there. But it also doesn't mean he's not there. The thing is, my point is, is whatever the circumstances, wherever we find ourselves living, in a place of, of heaviness or a place of oh, everything's pressing in, I want you to know God's there. When things are going great, God is there. When things are going miserably wrong, God is there. And so what am I saying? I'm saying that let's praise God no matter what. Because I think when we praise God, when we lift him up, the Bible says... Uh, it's in Psalm, I should have wrote it down, uh, uh, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise. How does God arise? Okay, God, go on, do your thing. He arises when we create that throne room with our praise. Lord, I honor you. God inhabits the praises of his people. And he's looking for someone to lift their voice. He's looking for you to acknowledge him, to look up rather than continuing to look at what's going on around us. So praise gives us access to God. We talked about that last week. And of course, um, you know, when we talked about making it personal. We talked about turning on some worship music, turning on some praise music, turn on something that creates, helps you to create that atmosphere. Turn off the things that are bringing confusion and depression. Turn those things off. Don't, don't give yourself to stuff that brings darkness and confusion. Even if somebody else says, well, you just have to learn to deal with it. I do deal with it. I deal with it by letting God arise. By letting God arise. Okay, then last week we just kind of hit briefly the, the praise changes us. That was the second thought. Praise changes us if you let it. If you let it. Praise doesn't, you know, it's like, like Jesus died for, the, for everyone, for the sins of everyone in the world. And so they all, so they're all saved. If they'll receive him, if they'll open themselves up to that salvation that he's offered to everyone. Everyone's not saved. Everyone has access. The love of God is extended to everyone. Praise will change you if you engage, if you allow it to. If you give yourself, leading worship for, well, over 20 years probably here at the church, being a part of the worship ministry, I have seen so many things, just literally from the platform, and then, you know, seeing what people go through, I've seen people go through, uh, you know, melted hearts, hard, you know, things in people's lives, and they melt in and, and praise, and God begins to soften things up, and he begins to change their course. God can change the circumstances anytime he wants, but he can only change us when we allow him to. Think about that. He can change, well, why doesn't he just change that? Because he's more interested in changing you and me. That's what he's interested in. Because the circumstances, he can just, with one breath, he could blow them away. He could wipe them away, just like that. But he wants to work in you in the midst of all that 
You know, it's like God's not, you know, one of those kind of people, one of those, he's not a God who, who says, there's too much confusion here, I can't do anything. He can come into the midst of your problem, your circumstances, and do a, a fine, meticulous spiritual surgery on your life if you let him. But the way he gets into our life and into our heart is as we open ourselves up and praise him. Praise changes us. It changes us. Psalm uh, uh, Proverbs uh, 27 verse uh, 21 says, As the finding pot to silver and the furnace to gold, so is a man to his praise. And I know different translations translate that a little bit different. Talks about the praise that we get from men. But I believe that it's praise in general. It's like, so what is he saying? What's that mean? Well, if you want to shape and mold silver, you know what you have to do? You have to heat it. You have to get it hot. You have to make it like, uh, you got to melt it. And then after you melt it, then you can either pour it into a mold. That's generally what they do. They pour it into a mold, and then they begin cutting it and doing whatever they want. But also, that, that furnace or that melting pot, what it does is it causes the impurities. It causes the impurities inside to come to the surface. You want to know why? When circumstances go bad, when we're going through it again, here it is, we're going through it again, and our attitude goes, you know why? Because it's the heat and the pressure that's bringing that impurity to the top. And if we will allow God, God, forgive me. Repent of that. Repent of it, Lord. Forgive me for responding that way. Forgive me for acting like this. Forgive me for being the the, the wicked whatever of the whatever. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. Because when the heat comes and the pressure comes into our life, it's not to kill us, it's to purify us. It's to get the impurities out and then they take that off the top. And you know when when silver is, is purified? When it's as pure as pretty much they can get it, when you can look at it and you can see yourself in it, it's like a mirror. You can see the reflection of God. So as, as the refining pot to silver and the furnace to gold, so is a man to his praise. That's what praise does. We go through things and we can either say, God, I love you, I worship you, I honor you. And in that, what he's doing, he's taken off the impurities. He's cleaning us. He's transforming us. He's causing things in us to be changed. Praise changes us. Not because we believe in it, but because we engage in it. Because we give ourselves to it. We give ourselves. So if we want to make this personal, what are we going to do? Well, when you feel the heat, when you feel the heat, like probably most of you are saying, does it ever go off? Not usually. (laughs) But when the heat is really cranked up and it gets turned on, instead of responding with the... I know, let me tell you what, I am an emotional person. And when the pressure comes on, when that thing fails again, when that situation just didn't work out, instead of me going, oh, hallelujah, Lord, I love you, like I should, I start mouthing off. Oh, you don't do that, I know. Nobody in this room does that, right? I'm not being critical, I'm just saying it's human nature. So when the heat is turned up, when the pressure's turned up, We just need to give ourselves to praise. Why? Because it will change. It will transform us. And so if we can be patient during that time, through those times, and love God and honor God and praise him and and let God do his work, then the the transformation and the process will continue. And you know what? I've been been a Christian for a long time, Um, probably 50 years now. And you know what? I wonder sometimes, does it ever end? No. 
Because I look at myself in the mirror, not, not the mirror of the bathroom wall, the mirror of God's word, and I'm going, <laughs> nope, not there yet. I'm not living as God tells me to live. So praise changes us. I've said that, you know, you know, you get up, you go through a season in life, and you, you're looking at yourself in the physical, you're looking at yourself in the way you respond in relationships or whatever, and the way we handle money, and we're going, when does this ever change? And so what we do is we run to the gym, we'll, 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 we'll run down there and do a, a few minutes on a, a bicycle, or we'll, we'll go and we'll say, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry I acted that way, I'm really sorry I responded that way. Or we'll say, okay, well, I'm not going to spend my money on that this week, I'll spend it next week. I'll, we'll try to manage our money. But the thing is, is with what changes us is when we give ourselves to God. And if he can change our heart, then he can change the direction of our life. A lot of us look at our lives and we probably feel as though the reason I'm going through this is because of what I did back then, 10 years ago. I personally know a person very close in my life that blames themselves for, for a thing that took place a long time ago. And whenever things tend to go wrong, I don't think they're at this point now, but when things would go wrong, they would point back to that because I did this, because I was there, because I made a bad decision. Here's the thing. Repentance cleanses us and changes our stance before God. God's not l- there looking to punish us. If he wanted to punish us for our sin, There wouldn't be enough time left. It would go into eternity for the punishment. But God cleanses us from that. And then he gives us a new heart and he says, now let me transform you. Praise me. Praise me. Praise me. Praise will change us. The third thought this morning is that praise is a relationship. It's not a ritual. We come in and we go, the music starts. Okay, time to praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It's not a ritual. It's like, okay, aren't we done yet? It's not a ritual. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. And so whether it starts at, uh, you know, we start a new week. Uh, every Sunday is the beginning of a new week. And I love uh, the fact that uh, we start our, our, our new week. Every, uh, all things are new. Every week, everything's new. Every day, everything's new. His mercies. But we begin a brand new week, and beginning with God in a brand new week is a great way to start. But it doesn't end at 10.30 after praise and worship's over, and then we move on and we do whatever the other things we do. It goes on through Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. But the thing is, you have to engage you can't just go, I can't wait till next Sunday. Man, I'm just, man, I need to be in that environment. Put a worship CD on or a worship, whatever it is you listen to. Turn on something. And if you don't want, if you can't do that, then just shut off the stuff that's bringing you down. It's a relationship, which means when I praise God, he begins to manifest himself. I begin to sense his presence. You know, I, be, I, I, be, I begin to be, feel closer to him. Have you ever been, I'm sure you have, if, you, if most if folk here are married, you're in a family, uh, you know, you can, you can feel so close to somebody, you know, it's just like you go in and you can talk to them, it's like, oh, your heart just, whatever. And then you go through a season, maybe it's a day, a week, a month, or whatever goes on, and then you come to a point where you feel like that they're standing over there and you're here, it's like, whatever. Get my milk and go out. It's like you feel distant. What changed? Circumstances. My heart. 
My heart changed. And so, you know, the thing is, is with God, what changed? He didn't. He's not mad. I'll tell you, let me just say this morning. God is not mad at you. Are you sure? I'm positive. God is not mad at you. God loves you. And God has been giving you invitations and come on, or let me come in. Let me be a part of what's going on in your, invite me in. These people come to the door, you know, at this day and age, you just don't ask many people to come into your house to come knocking. You know, I don't care if they're selling solar panels or whatever. You just don't say, hey, come on in, let's have a glass of tea. We, it's not our culture anymore. And that's okay, I guess, you know, I mean, got to be careful. But when God comes knocking, when God begins to move on our heart, what we need to be willing to do is to open our hearts to him and welcome him in. Because it's a relationship, it's not a ritual. Oh, you know, we're in church now, okay. We close our eyes, our eyes roll back in our head, and we go into that home. And then it's like we hear the music over, okay. I'm not saying anybody does that, but I have done that to a degree. I've done that. To where basically it's like I'm just trying to shut out stuff. Why? Because I'm, because I'm, I've got things going on in my life. And it's like I'm trying to, to deal with it, and I deal with it by, to a large degree, escaping. And God says, open your heart. Open your heart. Open your life. Open yourself to me. Psalm 81 verse 10 says, I am the Lord your God. That's who he is. He's the Lord your God. He's our father. He's our father. He's a good father. Some of us didn't grow up with good fathers. We grew up with, with absentee fathers and fathers that may, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing, that doesn't define me. I have a new father. I have a, a, a father, a God, my father God. He's the God. And he says, I am the Lord, your God. He says that. He's not saying, am I your Lord? Am I your God? He's saying, I am the Lord, your God. There's no question about it with him. That's who he is. And if we will begin to respond and allow that relationship. See, and I've told you this story before. I won't go into a lot of it, but just one little aspect. I didn't spend a lot of time with my dad, but when I would get around him, which was very, very seldom and very uh, few times, it was like I was meeting a stranger. And I would talk to him, or I'd get him on the phone. You know, as I got a little older, I'd get him on the phone. And we would talk, and I would feel like I'm talking to a stranger. Now, that's in the natural. But when we talk to God, it shouldn't be as though we're talking to a stranger. He says to you, I am the Lord your God. This is who I am. This is not who I want to be. Oh, let me be your Lord. Let me be your God. This is who he is. I am the Lord your God. And that verse goes on. And he says, I'm the one who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I'll fill it. And see, so it's like, oh, I'd like an enchilada. I'd like a, oh, no, no, no. He'll fill it. He'll, he'll cause our heart. If we will get in relationship, he will allow our mouth as we open it to be filled with praise. He will draw it out of us because he will begin to reveal himself in ways He's the God that never leaves me. He's the God that makes a way. He's the God that's forgiven all my sin. That's who he is. I'm in relationship with this God, the God of heaven, the God of eternity. 
That's who I'm in relationship with. And you know, in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, it says, Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. It's called the tabernacle. Now, this is back in the Old Testament, in the, in the days where Moses was coming out of the wilderness and he was leading all these uh, people out of Egypt. And, and the Lord didn't say, build me a very ornate building. Build me a, uh, I want this, this amazing, I want all the gold you've got and I want you to build me, you know, gold pillars and I want everything inside to be silver and gold and precious stones. He could have done that. But God says, I'll just have a tent. Why? Because he wanted to go with them. He wanted, he said, because when we get ready to move, I just want you to pick up and let's go together. Let's go together. Why? Because I'm the God that leads you and, and, and follows along with you, but actually leads you. You follow him. We follow him. God said, make me a tent. And God never really was interested in, in, and I'm not knocking big buildings, nice buildings. I'm not knocking it. But I'm just saying, God doesn't live here. When you leave, God doesn't go sit there and look out the window and go, wonder when they're coming back. He doesn't do that. He goes with us because we have become that tent now. He lives inside of us. If you have invited Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And so when you come, and he wants you to give way, and you know, it's like when we have that relationship with him where we we recognize his voice, and we understand his heart, and we get into an environment where where we're being encouraged to praise, you know, it's like, what are they doing? I I don't care what other people are doing. And sometimes I even sing the words of the song. But when I don't know the words, you know what I do? I just sing out of my heart. I praise out of my heart what I do. That's what God calls us to do, is to have a relationship that when we think about him, instead of us going, God's over there, I'm just going to sit over here, he wants us to come. Martha and Mary, we talked about them last week, when when Martha is in there busy doing things, taking care of things, so busy, and Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, and you know when Jesus says she's chosen the better part, God calls us to take time and to sit at his feet. Why? Because he's the Lord, our God. He's our father, and he wants us to have that relationship and to develop that relationship. It never was about a structure. It was always about relationship, always about relationship. Psalm 22, verse 3, I've mentioned it several times, and it says, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one You are the one Israel praises. Israel's the people of God. That's who we are. We're the people of God. We're spiritual Israel. It's who we are. I mean, if you don't like that phrase, it's okay. We're believers. We're we're the people of God. And God is enthroned. Is God enthroned in your life by your praises? Or are we dethroning him because we won't give him a place? We used to sing a song. I can think of the title of it now but it was talked about lifting God to the highest place. We lift him to the highest place with our praises. We lift you to the highest place. We lift you above the doctor's report, above the financial challenges. We lift you, Lord, above the the arguments and and the frustrations and the hurts and the disappointments. We lift you, Lord. We lift you to the highest place. Why? Because when we lift him to the highest place, let God arise and let 
all of our enemies be scattered. Why is it that my enemies sometimes just seem to hang around and hang around and hang around and hang around? Because I allow that. I allow that because I have to lift God. I have to exalt God. Here's the thing. I'm not a singer. I'm just not that outward. I'm not that... I don't have the type of personality that you have, Pastor, that you can just open your mouth and speak. Not a, not, it's, not a, it's not an excuse. God made us to praise. And we praise, and it doesn't have to look like mine. It doesn't have to look like anybody else's. It's got to come out of us. It's got to come out of us. Now, obviously, this morning, it's a lot. We've talked about a lot. I want to take a minute, and I want to pray. I have to hit this one last time next week, at least this, these thoughts. But the thing is, is I want us this week to make it personal. We need to make it personal. So any relationship needs communication, right? Yes. I'll answer. Yes. And so because relationships need communication, making it personal means talk to God. Tell him what's going on. Tell him how great he is. Tell him, God, I, I, you know what? Here's the thing. If I were to say, do you love God? I think 100% of us would say yes. Yes. Tell him. Do you believe that he is all powerful? I think everyone here would say, I think so. Tell him. If you think that God wants to forgive every sin and has forgiven every sin you've ever been a part of, every sin you've ever done. You, and if I were to say, do you believe that he wants to and he has forgiven that? Most everyone here, I believe, would say, yeah. Tell him, thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sin. Thank you, Lord. You don't have to feel it. I'm feeling so loving and I'm feeling so, you know what? My feelings, hold on. I take them and I put them in a trunk and I close the door. And I just say, God, I, I acknowledge you. You're my Father. You're my Lord. I honor you. And in that place, he begins to change us. In that place, he begins to transform us. He begins to become closer. Our relationship with him begins to become warmer and more alive before him, that we, we sense his presence in the middle of whatever. When you come under attack, our first reaction is not to go, what in the world's going on? We go, God, I need you. Lord, I trust you. In the name of Jesus, I, we take our stand. Whatever it is, I don't know. Whatever you say. And it doesn't that Don't let it become a religious thing. It's not a ritual. It's a relationship. That's what praise is, church. This principle, I can tell you right now, is the reason I'm, this is personal. And I think a lot of people in this room would say the exact same thing. This truth, this principle of praise is the reason I'm standing today. Because I've gone through things just like you. And we're still standing. And so if I go, well, I wonder why. Well, God just, you know, here's why. Because I praise God. I'm going to praise God whether things are this or that. You know, the Hebrew children are getting ready to throw it into the fire. Well, if he, you know, he delivers me, he delivers me. But if he doesn't, you know, I'm not going to bow my knee. I'm not bowing my knee to pressure. Some people say I'm stubborn. Thank you. It's okay. I'm stubborn. I'm stubborn to the things that are telling me that God's not real, that it doesn't matter when I praise him. I'm stubborn. Yes, it does. And God is real. And God does change my life. And God does transform us. And God will do it 
And those, not that believe, that engage, that engage. Let me pray.